Hey guys, and welcome to the Mixtape Podcast. This week, we're getting religious because we're reviewing The Pope's Exorcist, 2023's The Pope's Exorcist, starring Russell Crowe, directed by Julius Avery. Based on the book, An Exorcist Tells His Story by Father Gabriel Amorth. I actually have this book. So I've only read the first few chapters, so he hasn't really gotten into this story yet, but it is fascinating reading a book by uh, the chief uh, exorcist of the Vatican. So fascinating. So I will be your host with the most. My name is Dean and I will be joined as always by my co-host, Marcelo. So uh, actually, I wanted to ask you something before we get begin. Had you seen the Pope's exorcist before this? No, I have not. What did you, what do you think about exorcism movies? In general, are they are they something that you would you would usually watch, or is there something is it something that you would usually go? Oh, I hate that shit. No, I mean I think they're general. I think they are generally cool. I th- I think they're generally fascinating because the whole thing with exorcisms, exorcisms are inevitably exorcisms are always tied to the Catholic Church, mm. and I'm really interested. And I'm really interested to see in whatever adaptation of whatever exorcism movie I'm watching, I'm always fascinated to see what the writer has the, has the Catholic church's reaction to exorcisms be because the real Catholic church, like I kind of look, and this is coming from an atheist point of view. Mm. I kind of think that they sort of deny that exorcisms are a thing, Mm. but it's but but in but but somewhere in some back rooms somewhere they're like oh crap th- these things really exist oh, <laughs> yes again yes. You, you know uh, uh, you know again this is coming from a from a person that has no belief yeah so yeah. you have to you, you have to take that into consideration when you hear my comments but generally when i check out exorcism movies I kind of do it just for fun. I don't necessarily go in there trying to think about the um, the political yeah. uh, machinations of the Catholic Church. Sometimes yeah. I do, yeah, but ninety nine percent of the time I don't do that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, Mister Atheist, are you ready to get very Catholic on this podcast? Yes, I am. <laughs> All right. So we first have words come up on the screen. When we jeer at the devil and tell ourselves that he does not exist, that is when he is the happiest. Father Gabriel Amorth, Chief Exorcist of the Vatican, 1986 to 2016. So the opening scene, June 4th, 1987, and we are in uh, Trapia, Italy. Father Amorth, Amorth, sorry, I'm going to fuck his name up. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's tongue-tied. Father Amorth is Russell Crowe. And he visits a small town and he enters a home uh, of like, it's like a farmer's home and a man, maybe like 20 years old, is tied to the bed and he, his eyes are all weird and his face is all weird. Like you can tell that he may or may not be taken over by something. He is uh, tied to the bed. He's screaming and kind of writhing around. And Father Amorth sits by his bed and he says, why would you possess this boy instead of someone of actual influence? I don't think you can possess 
anyone. And, you know, the boy sits up and he's speaking in like a, like a, um, like a weird, uh, like lower octave of his voice. And he's like, I can possess anybody. And Father Amorth goes, I don't think you can. I don't think you're as powerful as you think. And he gets uh, the farmer to bring in a pig, a very large pig. And he says, can you possess this pig? And the demon, well, I do that in air quotes because it's, yeah, we find out later that it's not. Uh, can you possess this pig? And he says, I can possess anything you put in front of me, kind of playing to its ego. And he goes, well, I don't think you can, if you can possess the pig. And so, you know, the guy writhes around on the bed and then, you know, you, you can't see it, but the, the actor that plays the, the boy that's exorcist, that's, that's being exercised, you can tell something leaves his body and then enters the pig because the pig starts kind of writhing around and then the farmer shoots the pig in the head and the boy calms down on the bed and he's okay. And that is the opening scene. What did you think about the opening scene? Did you, did you get a gauge of Father Amorth's uh, way he does exorcisms and uh, just in general, what did you think about the setup to everything? I really liked the opening scene because the first time we meet Father Gabriel, the director does something really, really cool. He actually goes from behind Father Gabriel and he walks with him for uh, a, um, a little bit until he gets into the home. And the other funny thing that I found about that, that I well, the other interesting thing that I uh, um, thought about this opening sequence is that they 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 speak Italian for the opening sequence or for most of the opening sequence. Even when Gabriel is talking to the the possessed young man upstairs, he talks to him in Italian, mm. and by him talking to him in Italian, he kind of frustrates him and he kind of he kind of pisses him off. Mm. And I love the little thing of a Bob that. Father Gabriel takes out of his exorcism, uh, uh, you know, you know, to go bag, and he, and you know, he puts the he puts the thing or, or the medallion in front of the boy's face, and the the demon gets kind of like entranced by it, and that's where you know Father Gabriel goes into the speech that Dean just said, to where he says, you know, um. You know, I don't. You know, I don't believe that you can possess anything. I, you know, I doubt you. Just, I doubt you could possess this pig. And then um, he possesses the pig, and the farmer shoots the pig. So I thought it was a really, really good way to introduce Father Gabriel. And I thought that uh, the writers and the director did a fantastic job of showing us, uh, of showing us the unconventional way that Father Gabriel goes about doing his job. And I also love the musical score that uh, the movie starts with. It's this very haunting, mm. foreboding musical score. I just thought it was really, really great. Yeah, the the medal that uh, Father Gabriel holds up is um, a, a Saint Benedict medal. Uh, I'm not sure what Saint Benedict does, uh, but uh, he does something. But that's that's what it is. I don't. I can't. I don't know what he does. Let's just say he's a All healer. Do I don't know. Something. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know what St. Benedict does. Maybe he's a healer. I have no fucking clue. Sorry. Sorry to all the Catholics listening. They're probably sitting there going, you fucking idiot. Why didn't you research this? Well, I'm sorry, but um, if you could drop a comment, if you're on YouTube down below, if you could, if anybody could research um, what St. Benedict uh, is the saint of, that would be great. And 
Oh, I forgot to mention this. Don't forget to subscribe if you like it and give us a thumbs up. But anyway, let's go to the first official scene of the movie. That was the setup. July 1st, 1987, we are in Castile, Spain. We meet a family, a mother, a daughter, which is the daughter is so fucking annoying. <laughs> she's like 17 years old, typical brat, doesn't listen to her mom, doesn't want to be there. Oh, she's just I just I wanted her to get possessed and die. <laughs> Did you? I actually really loved how annoying she was because I thought that was really typical of a 17-year-old daughter who had just lost her father a couple of weeks earlier and the way and the way that she was such a fucking unconsolable little fucking prick to her mother who was just trying to who was just trying to keep the family together and and, and just trying to keep the family afloat yeah. was like that that gave me more reason to actually hate her character but i yeah. love the way that the actress in this movie played the character because once shit hits the fan and trust me guys Shit's gonna hit the fan soon enough because we're talking about an exorcism, an exorcism movie. Her 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 daughter's behavior changes completely, yeah. and she reverts back into you know mama's little girl. Yeah. And I I I love that. Yeah. I like I I love that when they start going through the shit, they come together. Yes. Uh, so there's a daughter and there's a son. I think he's about ten. 10, 12, I don't know, he's, he's young. So they're moving into an old Catholic abbey and it looks really cool. Like the set design is really cool. And if you don't know what an abbey is, an abbey is uh, basically where the monks or nuns stay. Like it's their living quarters away from away from the church. It's like a monastery. Yeah, it's a monastery. So the yeah. teenage daughter doesn't want to be there. They've moved. They're an American family. They've moved from America. She doesn't want to be there. She's doing everything in her power to make it difficult for her mother. And they walk inside the the abbey, and there's construction workers everywhere because they're 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 um what is it? They're not rebuilding it. What are they doing? What's the word I'm looking uh, for? They renovating. They are refurbishing it. Refurbishing, oh, shit, renovating. Yes, yes, yes. This is uh, refurbishing. <laughs> yes, the refurbishing, renovating. Whatever the people people get it. Whatever. So no, no, no but they're no, but. No, but they're renovating it so it can be sold because that's the only thing that um, their father left them when he had his accident that Dean will get to. Right. So when they go in, they meet Father Thomas, and he's young and he's nice and he's welcoming and he's a bit kind of naive and... Uh, yeah, they're there to 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 renovate the abbey, and yeah, it's been. She, the mother says, it's been in her husband's family for generations, and they inherited it when he died a year ago. So we follow the boy, the twelve-year-old boy, and he go, he's going down to the basement. There's construction workers everywhere, and he pulls back a brick, and he sees another room behind the wall, and we find out that the boy hasn't spoken a word since his father has passed now we don't know what's in that well we will find out what's in that room but we don't know now there's like a there's like a sigil that's on a door behind the thing and he's kind of kind of looks at it and there's like a puff of like air or something and you're like oh okay so in exorcism movies that's kind of the inciting incident of something's been released and that boy's going to be really fucked up soon so that's what that scene was but anyway so that was a good like opening we meet the family we meet um Father Tomas, which he's going to be an integral part of the story, and the boy, you know, and, and you know, 
the way that the boy gets the demon in him is far superior than how Regan got the demon in her, which we still don't know the answer to from The Exorcist. We still don't know. But in this movie, we know. Thoughts? You you know what I was thinking throughout this whole movie? I was thinking that this movie is what The Exorcist should have been. I was like, why is this movie from now? I was like, why is this movie from, you know... Now so much better than than The Exorcist because so many things that this movie did right, The Exorcist did wrong mm. or didn't even want to bother with. Mm. But uh, that's a thought for another time. I loved the setup of this family moving into the Abbey. I loved the the complete disdain that the seventy year old daughter had for the mother. I love seeing the boy, you know, walk through the Abbey unsupervised finding the little the the little the little you know broken piece of the wall looking through the wall seeing the um seeing the little smoke going to the boy and seeing mm-hmm. that behind the wall there's some sort of seal i was like that's gonna p- get picked up later mm-hmm. we saw how he's gonna get we, we we saw how he's gonna start acting weird in a couple minutes mm-hmm. so i thought this scene was very very economical and very very quick and also i care about these people yeah which is which is something that I couldn't say about Regan and her mother when we did the exorcist. It, it took me it took me a little while to care about Regan mm. and her mother when we did the exorcist. Mm. But I thought that the writer of this film did a great job of endearing me to these characters really, really quick. Even if even if I hated them at first for reasons which which we've already covered. Mm. I care about these people and I'm already invested in to what is going to happen to them as the movie goes on. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on, July 2nd, 1987. And Father Amorth is in a hearing and he's in trouble for performing an exorcism without the approval of the Vatican. And But he says it wasn't an exorcism. It was just a scared boy who wanted attention and he used simple psychology on him. Like it wasn't, it did, nothing need to be, needed to be approved. He didn't do anything. One of the cardinals is just so snooty. He's like a 25-year-old white snooty preppy boy and you just want to wring his fucking neck. Like he's, why is he even on the board to uh, he's just it makes no sense i mean you you needed to hate him but did you find him irritating i just i'm just like you little preppy piece of shit <laughs> oh yeah i just I, I i absolutely wanted to wring his neck because first of all when father gabriel gets called in to you know to do appear you know in front of this committee i'm like why do they why do they even have a fucking committee because it, doesn't the Catholic Church kind of, uh, you know, you know, sort of deny exorcisms? No, they like, don't. They like, don't. They have a whole faction right, right. of exorcists. They don't. No, no. Right. They don't. I think maybe right. once upon a time they did, but they don't. Right, but they don't do that now. No, no, no. They don't. They don't. Um, I want to acknowledge that I think it's so fucking cool that Father Gabriel goes around town on a fucking Vespa. Yeah, the guy. The guy doesn't even have a fucking car. He goes around on a fucking Vespa, and there are certain there there are tons of shots of him in the movie driving the Vespa on like the highway and like mm. him holding up traffic mm. because obviously the Vespa doesn't go fast enough. Mm-hmm. 
And also, I just also, I want to say that I I really really liked the way this movie was written, but I did not understand why for the first couple scenes of the well, I understood because they're in Rome, but I really liked that didn't subtitle the Italian that these uh, that these men of the church were speaking. Mm. Because I felt that the Italian wasn't meant for us. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you know, I, you know, um, while they're speaking in town, while they're while while they're speaking Italian to each other, we can make whatever we want to make up. I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So the preppy boy cardinal is skeptical of demon possession, and Father Morth asks him, "If evil doesn't exist, then what is the role of the church?" And there's fucking like blank faces. And he says 98% of people that claim that are they are possessed, it's not real. 98% of the jobs that they sent him on, they're not real possessions. It's it's rare that you will find a real one. And so they get into a screaming match. And Father Amorth is just like, he's not getting triggered. They're getting angry. He's not get, they're like, oh, you can't do this. We didn't approve it. And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go now because he just does not want to listen. I really like his character. He doesn't want to listen to this shit. He's like, I'm not listening to this. I'm going to go now. And they're like, you can't leave. We're not done. He's like, you know what? I'm done. We're done. And then he says the funniest line in the whole movie. He says, listen, if you have a problem with me, take it up with my boss, which is the Pope, by the way. (laughs) And then he just walks out and they got nothing because he works directly under the Pope. The Pope appointed him head uh, chief uh, exorcist of the Vatican. So he doesn't have to answer to anyone but the Pope. And I thought that that was such a... Ooh, burn. <laughs> I liked it. It was funny. And it showed Father Morph's funny, lighthearted personality. Because in this movie, he takes things seriously, but he always is very lighthearted about it. Yeah, but also, also before he walks out of the room, he says cuckoo, and that really yeah, yeah, uh, en- enrages, you know, enrages the panel further. But you make you bring up a great point that Father Gabriel brings a sense of whimsy and a sense of joy to his job because he fucking jokes about everything. And, mm-hmm. and in one point, at one point in the movie, he's ta- he's talking to the other father and he says, you know, he, he, he says to him, we'll, we'll get there, but I'm going to spoil it because I just have to. Yeah. He says to him, um, do you know any, you know, you know, do you any, do you know any good jokes? And the father and and the father says, "No, I don't know any good jokes." And he goes, "Learn good jokes, <laughs> because the devil the, because the devil hates jokes." Yeah, I'm like, that is fucking great. Is <laughs> yeah. So moving on, uh, we're back at the abbey, and there's some construction workers in the basement, and they see the hole that the boy was looking through, and they look through it, and the wall behind it or the door starts to kind of crack a little bit. One of the workers wants to see a little bit more, so he lights a flare. And not realizing that there's there's gas that's actually coming out of the hole. I, I don't know why they couldn't smell it. <laughs> I, I d- uh, d- okay. I am so sorry, but this scene is so. I mean, I understand why they put it there, but it's so fucking stupid. Why the holy fuck would you light a flare to look into a hole? How fucking dumb! I, I don't know why do they didn't have, have a torch, like I, or a flashlight. Yeah, like, I don't like, know. Like. But but seriously, why a flare? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why they would have a flare. It makes no sense. <laughs> I don't know. But they had to do it to hit a gas main because the because they kind of go flying back and the foreman pulls no, his but, men out. 
Nope. Of the yeah, construction. But I, I, I have a, yeah, yeah, I have a question. Mm. Do you think the foreman pulled the men out because of the the Abbey being unsteady, or do you think the foreman pulled the men out because he saw the seal on the door before his guy lit the flare that throwed them back and almost killed them all? No, no, no. He pulled him out because he legitimately thought it was too dangerous for his men. Okay. okay. Uh, and it was a way to get the construction workers out of the story. <laughs> They had to go because they had to be alone yeah, in the house. So mm-hmm. we we go to the boy and the boy is in bed convulsing and you're like, all right, he's in it now. We know he's possessed by the previous scene. And the mum runs in and he sits up and he's, he's, I don't know if he's conversing with the little girl from Resident Evil, <laughs> but he goes, you're all going to die, which is what she said in Resident Evil. I'm like, oh, they must be friends. And then he starts he starts scratching at his face and there's like blood that's like coming out of his like fucking cheeks and you're like, ew. But anyway, that's that's that scene. So he's full into it now. Yeah, when um when we saw the boy Henry be be possessed for the first time, and he, you know, his mother runs in and he says the famous line, You're gonna die. Um, I uh I thought that the Resident Evil girl said it better. Um, Only because she has be an honest, English accent. Oh yes, lovely, lovely <laughs> accents. Yeah. Oh, guys, guys, guys! If you've been listening for a while, you know that accents are my weakness. Uh, we know, we know. No, but listen, but you know, yes, yes. yes. But listen, I, re- I, I really think it's a really, really cool scene because as the mother runs in, uh, Henry says what he says as he's possessed and i love when he scratches his face because for a second i i thought he was gonna pull his skin off yeah i was like no that's too much for a kid no no that's too much that's too much so so they take him to the hospital no go go ahead and all the tests come back clear they do a bunch of tests on him they come back clear and the doctor recommends a psychologist because they just don't know what's wrong with him which is basically the same thing that happened in the exorcist right but um they get him home and he starts basically saying possessed stuff i mean i couldn't i mean that's literally what my notes say possessed stuff because he just says a lot of shit i was not willing to write it down go watch the movie it's good it's good movie go watch it and then he lifts his shirt and the word hate is like embossed on his skin it's like ew and then he says bring me the priest and so they go out and they get father tomas because he's he's there and as soon as he walks in the room, he gets literally literally thrown out of the room and then the boy says, wrong fucking priest. <laughs> You're like, oh, I like that scene a lot. I have no clue, but when he said wrong fucking priest, I laughed my ass off. <laughs> but I did, I, did not laugh my, I did not laugh my ass off because I thought the line was bad. I just laughed. I just laughed my ass off because I knew exactly what was going to happen to that priest the second he entered uh-huh. the room. I knew that. It, I knew that it was going to go flying out. Yeah. And when he and when you know, and when he came flying out of the room and he smashed against the the uh, the um, the the little drawer thing that they had there, I was like, ha ha ha! I was like, I was like that guy from the Simpsons, <laughs> Nelson. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nelson. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, look, 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 look. Um, you know, wrong fucking priest is actually my favorite line mm. in the whole movie. Yeah. I love that line so much. Yeah. So Father Amorth meets with his boss, the Pope, 
And the Pope tells him about a case in Spain of a boy that's possessed living at an abbey. And they've had trouble at that abbey before. He thinks that there is real evil there. So he wants Father Amorth to go and to go to Spain and check it out and help the boy and see see what's going on. That was that scene. I don't know if you want to talk about that scene. It was just short. There's nothing really to it. It was, it was just to move the story forward so Father Amorth knows where he's going. Yeah, listen, it was just to move the story forward. But when I first when, – when, um, uh, when, the, when, when the secret of the Abbey gets revealed, I kind of went back to the scene and I thought to myself, if this Abbey had the secret that it had, wouldn't the Pope know about it? Like, um, I, I got, I got, I got. Look, I, look, I, look, look. I don't want to jump ahead in. This, I don't want to jump ahead in the episode. But I kind of got confused there for a second. Perhaps when we get there, well, yeah, there's a reason. You can sort of yeah. unravel it for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a reason. So Father Amorth gets to the Abbey on his Vespa, and. He goes upstairs and he sees the boy, and he holds up a Saint, but the same Saint Benedict medal that he held up to the to the other boy in in Italy, and you can see the boy's eyes split into two, and it's very creepy. And Father Morth kind of stands back, and you can tell on his face, "Oh shit, this is actually real. This is not fake," because he holds the medal up to see if it's fake or not, and so he says, "Okay, this is this is the real deal." The boy. Uh, calls him by his first name, which he didn't say what his first name was. And we we go back to he keeps saying, the boy keeps saying, show yourself coward, show yourself coward in German. And there's subtitles and he's like, what? So we go back to when Father Amorth was in the world uh World War II, I think it was, or one, I'm not sure. And the German soldiers were looking for him, saying, show yourself coward in German. And Gabriel was playing dead not to get caught and we go back to the the room with the boy once you've seen like a little bit of his backstory and gabriel just backs out of the room because he's like fuck like there's no way that this kid could have known it now he knows that this kid is actually possessed he's got to kind of change his tactics a little bit but i liked that scene because it proved the boy was possessed it proved what the saint benedict medal actually does um and it, it we got a little bit of backstory of of uh, father amorth yeah, I really like that scene because um, I really loved it when um, when the boy's uh, eyes split into two, mm. and Father Gabriel got really, really shocked. That, you know, he he sort of got thrown back, and I found I, I found it really, really unbelievable for like the first five minutes that the demon would know all this, uh, all you know, you know. Um, all you know, all this personal information about Gabriel, but then after a little, after a little while, I, I, I sort of figured it out as to how the demon is able to get into uh, Father Gabriel's and the other priest's emotions and how he's able to draw this shit out. Mm. The uh, the the flashback to Father Gabriel from World War One isn't the worst thing that he has. Mm. That's not. That's not the thing that he can't forgive himself for. So yeah. I thought that that was good, but what? But but what we have? But what? But what we have yet to find out is a lot worse. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the demon brought that up because it's guilt. He feels guilty. He right, has right. survivor's guilt because all of his battalion was right, killed right, right. but him. So he's you know. But that's not right, the worst right. thing. No, it's not. Also, also, I just want to point out 
when Father Gabriel goes downstairs to sort of to try to explain to Henry's mother what's happening, Henry's mother kind of takes everything in stride. Mm. And I, 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 I'm like, would is that just a mother that is so desperate for answers that she'll believe everything, anything that she's told? Or do you think that it was sort of like uh, uh, not practical for her to believe that, that she should have had more questions? Look, I don't like it in movies where someone tells someone something and they, they rail against it for half the movie until they go, oh, you're right. I don't like that because it's just so boring. Like, why can't someone just believe something? <laughs> like, So when he, she has had all the tests done on her son. She knows something's wrong. His face is all fucked up, right? He's all fucked up. He's, mm-hmm. he's talking in different languages. He is, he's talking in an accent that's not his own. He's talking in a very a male a British accent, like that's not him. Uh, and she doesn't know what the hell's going on. So when Father Gabriel, which is this scene, comes downstairs and says, your boy is possessed, I didn't find it a leap for her to go, okay. Now, did she entirely believe it? No, but it's, it's something. It's it's like, okay, well, can you help him? And Father Moth goes, yeah, yeah, like I can help him. So you know what I mean? She's a mother. She's trying everything. So whether she believed it 100% at that moment, I don't know. She just wanted her son to get help because she could see that even physically it looked like he was just getting thinner and thinner and then at one point you can see his ribs like – the 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 science and the medical industry had no answers so you know why not turn to faith so he father amorth asks the mother like has something happened to him like what's happened to him because he's trying to figure out why this boy is possessed and the mother tells him he was in the car in the car accident with um their dad and he saw their dad get impaled and die and he hasn't spoken a word since and father amorth goes okay that's why trauma can be a gateway for the devil. So now we know why it picked the boy and nobody else, which makes sense. But yeah, to answer your question, I think she was just at her wit's end and she would just say yes to anybody that was willing to help in any capacity. Okay, I buy that. I buy that. All right. So moving on, Gabriel and Father Thomas enter the boy's room to start the exorcism. And they start and then the lights go out and a girl appears, a young girl, maybe like 20, 18, 20. Gabriel recognizes her instantly and she says, why did you let me die? This is, this is, this is the guilt that he's been carrying around. She rolls back onto the bed. The lights come back on. She's gone. The boy's there. The demon brings up, starts bringing up one of Thomas's sins. Thomas starts flipping out because he's just like, uh, how does, how does the fucking, how does this boy know this? Gabriel ushers him out of the room because Thomas is getting fucking pissed off. And he's like, no, 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 don't do that. So he pulls Thomas out of the room. Father Amorth says the demon senses guilt and uses it against us, but finding out its name will weaken the demon. And that's kind of through all the exorcist movies, all the good ones that I've seen, the one thing that the priest always tries to do is to find out the demon's name because it will... Um, exert power over the demon when you know the demon's name. That's one thing I've seen in a lot of exorcist movies. So I, that must be a thing with with the real exorcists of the Vatican, finding out the demon's name to assert, um, assert control over it because I've seen that time and time again in all exorcist movies. But anyway, your thoughts? Yeah, look, um, I'm, I, you know, I'm with you on that one because in all the exorcism, all the exorcism movies that I've seen, that's been present in almost all of them where if the priest knows the demon's name, 
that sort of gives them power over the demon and that allows them to uh, defeat the demon in some way. Um, but I really like the scene because this scene really addresses that uh, Father Gabriel has a deeper issue and a deeper sense of regret. And it all starts out with the girl that pops up out of nowhere. And she says, why'd you let me die? But the more interesting story I thought was with uh, the the father, Father Tomas, and his whole backstory yeah. as to why he became a priest and you know what 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 his biggest regret is mm. and what he with his story there's something about his story that really fucking pisses me off mm. um but the only reason that it pisses me off is because of who i am mm. and what i think of the catholic church yeah but it still pisses me off yeah yeah so father morth checks the back the backyard there's a massive backyard in the abbey and he finds that there's a well and there's so much overgrowth on it. He moves the overgrowth. You can't even tell that it's a well until he moves it. And he seal he sees that there's a seal on the well, and it's the seal of the Vatican. So now you know shit's about to go down, or shit has gone down, because if it's the seal of the Vatican, something went down there that he's not privy to. So I don't know why he does this. I felt like I feel like he should have known better. He pulls the seal off. <laughs> That's so Which stupid. is like, it's there for a reason, so baby. <laughs> but yeah, but, but, yeah but, but, but that's so stupid. But also, I just, but also, I, I feel that I should say, this is where this movie sort of separates itself from a whole bunch of exorcist movies that have already, have already come out. Mm. Because a lot of exorcist movies focus on the exorcism and that's it. Mm. But this movie adds another layer. And the layer that it adds is the most fascinating thing ever. Oh, I love I'm it. Like, I, that's why I like this movie. Wow. That's why I picked this movie. Is, because so wait, the story. So wait, is, you know, wait, wait a minute. Is that why you picked it? I picked it because I'm not a huge exorcism movie fan because I don't think that it's ever done well. But I thought that this story, no, this story, when they find out what actually happened at the Abbey was so fascinating and so interesting. And I was like, you got me just with the story. <laughs> you got me. That's why I picked it. Yeah. I just thought, and and obviously it's yeah. acted well, and it's you know it's it's. I just thought I just thought it's great for an exorcism movie. It's actually quite good. So he pulls yeah. the seal off, and when he does, you can see a crucifix in the house turn upside down slowly, and now all hell breaks loose. So what he's done is he's just he's basically just opened a door and he's released everything. The mum and the daughter begin to get terrorized. The daughter's getting thrown across the room. The mum's getting like sucked into the bed. The boy on the bed is like having convulsions and you're just like, oh fuck, you shouldn't have moved the seal. (laughs) So, So we cross back to the Pope and the Pope is reading, uh, uh, about the Abbey in a very old book, looks like it's from, you know, the 16, 1700s, very, very old, very big book. And this is the bit. This is because you were asking, why doesn't the Pope know, know this? So he was reading about the Abbey in the book, but he notices all the information has been redacted. That's not a good sign. That means that whatever, whoever the Pope was in whatever the year was that they were writing about this abbey, didn't even want the other popes after him to know what the truth was. So they redacted it. So even he doesn't know. Nobody knows until we find out at the end of the movie. So I think that's why he didn't know because it was just 
they just wanted to like this doesn't exist that's it it's gone does that make sense uh, yeah yeah that uh that totally makes sense that also makes me believe even further the catholic church has a lot of fucking skeletons a lot yeah <laughs> There's a lot of fucking skeletons. So we're back to Father Amorth, and he shows Father Tomas the well. And Father Tomas spots another seal of the Spanish Inquisition. That's not good either. (laughs) So were you going to say something before I continue? No. Anytime anytime that the Spanish Inquisition is brought up, I'm like, this is not good. This is not good. This is not going to be good. No, no. (laughs) Uh, And... Lining the walls of the well, when when they look down, are the skulls of the people who would not convert. So for people that don't know who the Spanish Inquisition is, it was an inquisition um, approved by the Catholic Church, which they don't like to talk about <laughs> because it was a very dark time for the Catholic Church and a lot of people were killed simply because they did not believe. This, this shows the power of institutions that mm. oh that's all i'm gonna say because i could say more but i ain't gonna do it so they go down to the basement and they find the hole that the little boy was looking in looking through they break the wall and they see the vatican seal on a oh. door yeah what's up it really bothers me <laughs> that both of the she's a, uh, both of the priests uh-huh. went down there went down there to investigate what the fuck is you know, mm. you know, in this well, where does this well lead to? In the meantime, these women are stuck in the house with a fucking excess demon. These priests are down there forever. I know, but they don't know what's going on upstairs. They have no clue. Yeah, but still, yes, but still, wouldn't wouldn't it, wouldn't it have wouldn't it have behooved mm. Father Gabriel to say one of us should stay up here? Yeah, but boring, <laughs> super boring. All right. Okay. 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 So anyway, they go down. They find. Uh, they push through the wall, or they break the wall down. They find the bad Vatican seal that was behind the wall, and it's a door. They push through and find almost like a bunker with, with, uh, like the dead lining the walls and one decomposing, I guess, corpse in the middle of the room in a cage. Uh, who is wearing a ring of the Cardinal Protector. Father Amorth says it looks like he's a prisoner, but he's not. The cage is for his own safety. And I was like, ooh. So, uh, yeah, and I have an issue with this. <laughs> he shines the light to the other side of the room and it's a steel gate. And he said they do that when an exorcism fails to protect against the demon's escape. So what are you going to do? You're going to fucking open the gate, aren't you? <laughs> You're going to open the fucking gate. But that doesn't happen just yet. But fucking spoiler alert, that's what they do. So we cut to the Pope reading a letter that's fallen out of the book he was reading. So everything's redacted and this letter fell out conveniently. <laughs> and it's, the letter says, a great evil has taken hold of San, San Sebastian Abbey. It must be buried here forever. Meanwhile, Thomas is trying to open the gate and he realizes they need a key, which Gabriel finds uh, on the body of the trapped corpse um, in in the gate in the stomach. Why L- he literally just said the gate is there to stop the demons from escaping. Oh, let's just find the key and open it. Let's just do that then. That'll be fun. Let's do that. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, 
Uh, no, uh, I will just remind you of that age-old adage that you, I, and every other writer on the planet has used in their careers. Say it with me now. Say it with it's me. Writers, writers, companions. <laughs> but it shouldn't be. They could have thought of something so much better than that. Like, oh my god, it's just. Uh, what are your thoughts before I fucking move on? <laughs> I just can't with that. Okay, what's the set design's awesome, by the way, with the corpses just, and stuff. But it's just like, why would you do that? It's so stupid. Just, just give me a moment to compose myself. And and when um, Father Amorth found the Vatican seal, instead of ripping it off, wouldn't you call the Vatican and be like, "Listen, what's going on? <laughs> why is there a seal no, here?" No, but also, no, but also that guy in that cage isn't just any old guy. That guy is a pope um, because. He was wearing, well, uh, it, yeah. was he a pope? Yeah, that guy's a pope. Yeah, because. Because he know, was wearing the ring of the cardinal protector. So I don't think he was a pope. He was the protector of the cardinals. That was the ring that he oh, had on. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right, guys. I, I make mistakes all the time. And Dean pulls me out of the fire all the time. All the time. Um, yes, all the time. She makes it. She makes a career out of it. <laughs> I um, love it so much. Yeah, you do. I just wait for him to fuck no, up. No, but listen. Yeah, yeah, but 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 seriously, when I don't fuck up, it's like it makes you really happy. Yes, it does. Yes, yes, it does. Yes, okay. But no, no. The one thing I will say about the scene is I really, really loved the production design. I thought it was really, really creepy. It was like something out of like a Indiana Jones sort of sort of film. Because I feel the second that uh, Father Gabriel and Father Tomas go down into this cavern to go check it out, I feel this movie goes from an exorcism, exorcism movie to a movie trying to figure out what batshit did the Catholic Church try to hide here, yeah, and what's you know you know and what's the the whole mystery behind it, and that's where I believe this movie stands above all the other gazillion exorcism mm-hmm. movies that have come out mm-hmm. over the eons because like i said before those exorcism movies focus exclusively on the exorcism and this in this movie tries to do something bigger tries to tries to do something better mm-hmm. tries to do something different and i feel that it should be commended for that but i will say that their decision making once they get down in the cavern to open up the gate that they're not supposed to open up to get the key that's conveniently there the whole thing with the letter falling out of the box back in Rome is dumb. But the other thing, again, I don't understand why the fuck these two priests went down there into the cavern together and one of them did not stay in the house. You've, 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 like, you're stuck on this, aren't you? I, I, <laughs> I know. I, I know. Look, 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 look. <laughs> look, look, look. And, 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 that, and that shows you that as an audience member, I may not like, you know, you know, I may not like the way that some of these characters act in this movie. I'm talking about the family, mm. but I do. I care about them, and 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 to show you that I care about them, I get pissed off yeah. when these two fucking priests go down in the cavern. Yeah. If I didn't care about them, I wouldn't care that they're in the cavern. Yeah. 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 So the Pope's still reading from the letter, and it says, "All attempts of exorcism have failed. Satan owns this ground now." I've never seen a demon this powerful before. Um, and then he starts, look, 
I don't know why they put this in, but he starts having like a heart attack. Like he survives, but I didn't feel like that was like needed because it didn't lead to anything really. He didn't die. It was, was no point. That was that was so dumb. You dumb. know, and you know, and just just to just to fast forward a little bit because when we get to these scenes, where I'm just gonna have you skip over it because they were really stupid. There was no need for him to be in the hospital. No. And everything that he, everything that he says while he's in the hospital, all his reactions with what happens to Father Gabriel, all the, this is just fucking stupid. It was unnecessary. Just, just, I mean, I mean, look, look, yes, look, yeah, it was, it was unnecessary, and it didn't need, it didn't need a bit of, look, a better reaction would have, would have been him, uh, uh, have him read the letter, have him drop the letter on the ground, run to the nearest phone, and call Gabriel or try to call Gabriel. And tell him what the fuck is happening. Yeah. Because Gabriel is his guy. He's the one that sent Gabriel to go help out this family. So he is responsible for both the family and Gabriel. Mm. So what so what good does it do to make him have a heart attack, to put him in a fucking hospital bed, to make him act weird? What good does that do? That doesn't do no, not that nothing. doesn't that look that listen. That does not serve the story at all. No, that's a waste of fucking real estate. I know. I mean, I mean, the only good scene that we got of him being in the hospital bed is when he fucking spat up blood uh, uh, on that fucking twenty-five-year-old priest. That's a oh, yeah. fucking a-hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we go back to Gabriel and Thomas, and they unlock the gate because it's super fucking smart, and they enter like this really awesome, like huge cave. And there's like engravings on the wall and they come across a decomposing body sitting on a, a stone throne. Gabriel says that his name is Friar Johala, I think. I couldn't really get the like, he, he's had, he has an accent in the movie. I think he said Friar Johala. And he says he's one of the greatest exorcists of all time. And he grabs a book within the Friar's robes and his journal. And it says in 1475, a possessed monk, when questioning him, he answered from the mouth of another. And so we know now the demon can actually body jump. And we also learn that the exorcist himself became possessed. So the friar, which this is what I found interesting, was the man who convinced the queen at the time of the need for a Spanish inquisition. And <laughs> centuries of torture all started oh, by the man. friar in the name of God by the devil. And the yes! right? Sorry. And I was like, oh my God. I'm sorry. And he said the Vatican knew it and covered it up and buried it here. And I was like, okay, I yeah. fucking love that story. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> so the construction work actually freed the demon. And Gabriel learns through the book that the friar had, the demon is the king of hell and his name is Osmodeus. And they learn that the demon wants to do the same thing again by possessing Gabriel to infiltrate the church. And that is the story that I fucking loved. <laughs> what say you? Look, I look, look, I'm not going to repeat what Dean just said, but everything about how the grander story of how um, this first friar convinced, I think it was like Lady Antoinette or something to have the first inquisition and to find out that the driving force behind the first inquisition 
was the devil in disguise as this friar. That was fucking amazing. And that the church and that the Catholic church knew about this, but they didn't say anything because they wanted to save face Mm -hmm. also tells you (laughs) that they're a bunch of crooked motherfuckers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. It's just like, really guys, you, 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 you seriously, you seriously commit one of the most horrific acts in human history. And your goal is to cover it up. Mm. Really? Come on. (laughs) Come on. You can do better than that. No, they can't. That's the point. They can't. Oh, God. <laughs> so we find out Gabriel became a priest during uh, because of the war, because all of his unit was killed except him, and he thought that it was God's will that he survived. And everybody it was else, a sign from God, basically. Yeah, it was a sign from God, yeah. and, and so that's why he be- decided to become a priest. We learned that the girl that we saw before that said, oh, you know, why didn't you save me? He was actually tasked to help, but – she wasn't actually possessed like the boy in the beginning of the movie. She wasn't possessed. She was mentally disturbed, and that's not his area. His area is not psychology. It's exorcism. So when he found out she was just mentally disturbed, he told the family she needs this, she needs mental help, and they kind of didn't get it for her, and she ended up jumping to her death in front of him. And he it feels guilty because he, feel, he felt like he should have done more, which is why he actually went into psychology to – you know, when he did an exorcism, if he realized it wasn't an exorcism, he could help them with psychology instead, which I liked. I liked that. He should have, you know, you know, he should feel guilty because look, if somebody, look, if, if, if somebody is suffering and if I'm in any, you know, you know, and, and if I'm in a position to help, the last thing that I'm going to do is the last thing that I'm going to do is run away from them and not help them. I'm going to do everything in my power to help out anybody that I can. And I yep. think, um, yeah, I think that. But but one thing I will say is that when we see the flashback of the girl jumping from the building, and we see Father Gabriel holding her in the street, mm. I thought it was a little ironic that her blood was shaped like wings. So I was like, "Come on, guys, <laughs> yeah. uh, really? Yeah. Come on, can't yeah, whatever." Um, but I'm really interested to hear the backstory on this other father tomas okay so um the the thing about the thing with father tomas is that when he was training to be a priest there was this girl that used to come to his to his you know to 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 his services right and he ended up falling in love with this girl and he would often you know sleep with her and do fondle her and do all this other shit but but basically basically they were in a relationship together and this girl this is the point where i got pissed off this girl asked him to leave the priesthood so they could be together and this mother again the only reason i'm the the only reason i'm saying this is because i'm an atheist this priest i put it nicely decided to choose his love of god over this girl mm. who is real again who is real <laughs> uh, <yeah>. oh, <laughs> please continue please continue i'm gonna go to hell straight to hell no <laughs> no, no no you're not you're not okay go keep, keep going no it look 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 it just really bothered me that he gave up the love of his life for something that 
is intangible. Mm. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You, I'm like, I, how could you do that? Look, 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 I've been in love in my life. You've been in love in your life. And I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to us right now at one point in their lives have been in love. And I can't imagine being given an op- being given a choice of choosing love over a higher calling and having that higher calling being so big that I turn my back on the person who loves me. I'm like I could, I I could never imagine I could never imagine myself making the other choice or making the choice that Father um, Tomas made. Yeah, but that's you. His love, he his faith and love for God was more than what he felt for her. Yeah, well, faith is overwritten. So. Keep, please keep going. Keep, keep digging the hole. I'm not. I'm leaving this shit in. <laughs> Leave it. Come on. Come on. Keep digging. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Last thing I will say is faith is overrated. Faith only works if you really believe it. If you don't believe it, faith is nothing but window dressing. Well, yeah, but if you don't believe in faith, you don't have faith, right? So you have to believe. That's what faith is, is believing. So if you don't believe it, you don't. Shut up, atheist. Shut your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Just shut your goddamn mouth. Shut up. <laughs> I'm going on with the story. I'm not listening to any more of this shit. <laughs> Last time I pick a Catholic movie. Wait a second. Wait a minute. Oh, come on. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Look, you look, you have to you have to admit that this is funny. It's hilarious. Also, I just want to say, uh, onward, true believer. Yay. All right. So Gabriel, Thomas, and Thomas try another exorcism on the boy because remember the boy is actually ex- the boy is like a subplot of the movie. Honestly, <laughs> last time we saw the boy was like ten scenes ago. So they know who they're dealing with now, which is the King of Hell. So uh, the demon decides to when they start the exorcism, the demon decides to body jump because now we know that it can body jumps into the daughter. The daughter fucking climbs up the walls and does all this fucking demonic shit. Uh, the demon, but the demon wants Gabriel and Gabriel keeps saying no, he keeps fighting it. But finally, because the demon has the mum, has the son, has the daughter, and the demon is actually killing them all like at once. And Gabriel's like, oh, fine. Yes. Yes. I let you in. Yes. Yes. If you leave them alone, I'll let you in. So he allows the demon to take him. And when he does that, you can see, you can't see it, but you can tell the boy, he kind of falls back on the bed and, and his face doesn't look, you know, fucked up anymore. And the uh, the hold on the mum and the daughter is relinquished and Tomas gets the family to the car and tells them just to go, just to get in the car and just to fucking go. So they're out of the story now. Gabriel starts struggling with the demon. He kind of keeps going in and out. He tries to hang him he tries to hang himself because he's like, nope, I'm not gonna, you're not gonna infiltrate the church through me. But as soon as he jumps off the balcony with the rope tied around his neck, the demon cuts the rope. Because he's like, hi, I need you. You're not gonna do that. Because it's the king of hell and it's a quite a strong demon. So Gabriel goes to the cave where the friar's corpse is and goes to light his lighter because there's gas down there, there's sulfur down there. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to light this and I'm going to go. He just tries to kill himself because it's like he's still in there, but the demon is trying to, to, to take hold. So behind him, as he goes to light his lighter, behind him appears the Virgin Mary, who then turns into like a demon, who then turns into the girl that he 
thinks that he could have done more for. And it's like, oh, fuck. And Tomas goes down there and he goes looking for him. And Gabriel is sitting, by this time, Gabriel is sitting on the throne where the friar was and he's completely possessed by this demon. You can tell by the great makeup job, by the way. You can tell by his eyes, his makeup, everything. And so basically Tomas uh, exercises the demon from, from Gabriel and they both banish it back to hell. That's what happens. I mean, it's a cool scene, but that's basically what happens. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a really really cool scene. I really I really felt that the third act of this movie was a little bit too much. Hmm. I mean, I'm not gonna say I didn't like it, but I I did think that it was a little bit of a of a of a of a special effects kind of announce that once they got into the catacombs. Hmm. Um, specifically when you had Father Gabriel fighting the demon as his sin and you had father uh tomas fighting the naked version of the girl that he fell in love with and she was all covered in blood i was like mm. this is a little bit, a bit much too yeah uh, i was like this is a bit much but it's a really really cool scene mm. because uh there's a there's a scene early on that i don't think we covered when father um gabriel says to father tomas uh, for you to become a good priest, you need to be, you need to learn how to pray, and that's that's what you need to focus on. And he gives them a little book, and the book is in Latin. And in the and and, and in the final scene, the way that Tomas convinces Gabriel to keep on fighting the demon is to say he tells him, "You you can't give up, and you, you can't give up." And he tells him, "I need you to pray." Just pray, 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 pray. And he takes the book and he starts reading the book and he actually learned Latin mm. uh, while this entire movie was going on. So I don't know. When that happened. Like if he has a photo. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if he has like a photographic memory or whatever. But he, says, but he says at the end of the film, he says, oh, Latin is very f- similar to, you know, Spanish. And I go. That's a bunch of fucking malarkey. No, because at the beginning, is- when when um, Gabriel gives him the book, Thomas is like, "It's in Latin," right. and and Gabriel goes, "Similar to Spanish." Like he's just like he knows it's not right, but he yeah, just he just okay, says yeah. it right. And at the end of the movie, he goes, "Oh, you right. you learnt Latin," and Thomas is like, "Yeah, it's similar to Spanish," like just to make a joke. Right, right, which right, I thought right. was very funny. You know, the, uh, right, right. The other thing that the other thing that I felt is that I felt that this movie had a focus issue, mm-hmm. just a tiny little focus issue, mm-hmm. because I was invested in this family, right? Mm-hmm. And as soon as the exor- as soon as the the demon was exercised out of the bo- out of the boy, the family was sort of like pushed aside and pushed out of the story, and I was like, what? I wanted more, like, I, uh, I don't know. I think it was because the story was about, about Father Amorth rather than the family. It was about him. Right, right. Because right. we, we followed him from the beginning and we ended kind of right, with right, him. Right. So, and it was from his book, right, so right. I think that's why. Right, 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 right. That is true. Um, yeah, so, let's, so listen, I thought, this, I, I thought this final sequence was great, but there were parts of it that I thought were too much. Mm. There were things that I wanted that I didn't get, but it was it was it was cool. It was fun, but there's 
I, I just wanted them to go a little bit smaller because I, I feel that they went a little bit too big. Right, right. For it, what do you, what do you think? No, I thought it was good. Uh, for an ex, okay. for a, the final act of an exorcism movie, and you kind of got to make it big because you've already big and loud. Yeah, because you've already had scenes with them crawling up the walls and shit, and it's like okay, you have to make it bigger than that because that's the finale. Mm. So I think the I think that they did it big enough. Mm-hmm. So. Back at the Vatican, the Pope is thanking Gabriel and Tomas for what they did, and they're told they they get they take them he takes them down into like the Vatican's library, and he's told that there are another 199 sites on Earth where God is not welcome. Will you take on the task? And Gabriel asks Tomas what he thinks because he goes, "Well, it's too much for me, but for both of us, maybe." And Tomas says. Let's go to work. And Gabriel says, let's go to hell. And uh, that's the end of the movie. But then the last shot of the movie is Father uh, Amorth riding his Vespa away. You can see the Colosseum behind him. He's, he's riding away. It's a beautiful night shot. And the words come up on the screen. Father Gabriel Amorth continued to serve the afflicted until his death in Rome in 2016 and wrote many books and they were good. <laughs> that's it. That's the end. Yeah, this movie was really, really fun. Um, I got, I, I think I got more attached to the family than I did Father uh, Gabriel. Mm. But, um, but, 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 listen, don't get me wrong. Father Gabriel is a character. Russell Crowe did a great job of playing him. I liked it, his sense of humor. I liked the way that he was kind of flippant about his job. Mm. But also, but also, I really liked how the writers gave both. Both of the characters, both of the priest characters, really, really depressing backstories. And I really like how their characters dealt with their trauma while the movie was going on. I feel that I should have said this earlier, but I'm saying it now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this movie was a really, really fun watch. Yeah, it was really fun. That's what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be, you know, deep and meaningful. It's just supposed to be fun. So anyway, on onward with my trivia. There wasn't actually a lot of trivia on this movie. I was like, like picking at straws for this shit. I don't know why. So the first one is the real father Amorth. Uh, his personal favorite movie is the exorcist was the exorcist. <laughs> Can you imagine an exorcist's favorite movie being the exorcist? <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. Wow. That's cool. I mean, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Because it's an exorcist. Yeah. So in the last shot of the movie, when, when father Amorth is uh, on the Vespa, and you have have this Colosseum in the background, Russell Crowe actually confirmed that it was a wink and a nod to Gladiator. So I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. No, I mean, listen, listen, listen. Father, I mean, oh, Jesus Christ. Russell Crowe will always be Gladius Maximus to me, no matter what role he plays, Mm. because, I mean, just a small side, Gladiator is great movie it is it's quite good so the last bit of trivia i have like i said i was pulling teeth on this one so and i found this quite interesting and i think you'll get a chuckle out of this the real father amor says that people who get tattoos are committing a satanic act because it attacks the temple of god which is your body and you're going to go to hell so, so wait a minute so wait a minute so wait a minute that means that means that that means that you mm. have already punched your ticket, haven't you? I've punched it several times. <laughs> ah. Going straight there, apparently. I will. Well, 
If anybody, look, if anybody's going to make hell fun, it's you. But you know what? Every second person has a tattoo. So I feel like heaven is just going to be, there's going to be no one there. <laughs> We're just going to be having a party in the underworld. Yeah. It's going to be super fun. Yeah. Well, just, you know what? Uh, look, look, when you get down there, I only request one thing. Mm. Save me a seat. <laughs> Okay, I will. I will. Anyway, um, that is the end. That is the end of the trivia. And uh, we're going to wrap this up. So if you have um, any questions, if you have any requests, uh, if you have anything, you can email us at the mixtape pod at AOL.com. If you liked this, consider subscri- subscribing on YouTube and on uh, we're all across all podcast platforms. Podcast. I said it. Pod, what's a podcast? I don't know. A podcast of platforms. Uh, and uh, hit that like button and you can comment below on YouTube if you um, just want to say anything. Next week, we have a bit of a fucking pace change. We have a, we have a, we have a 180. Next week, we're doing dirty dancing. <laughs> That's a fucking pace change if I ever fucking saw one. But next week, if you're a fan of dirty dancing, if you don't want to put baby in the corner, we are reviewing this uh, amazing, iconic Patrick Swayze movie next week. So I hope you can join us for that. And don't forget, podcast voice, if someone is kind enough to make you a mixtape, that must mean that they really love you. The Mixtape Podcast is a Balloonhead Productions presentation.